0: a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most.
1: Hello and welcome to The Money and Meaning Show. My name is Jeff Bernier. So glad that you've decided to spend a few minutes with us this afternoon as we uh, continue our monthly discussion around money and meaning. Um, so money is really obviously all about how do we create the clear, the capacity, the financial means, the resources, how do we manage our wealth so that we can have a second half or a life of meaning and purpose. So the money and meaning show is really my, uh, monthly conversation with you around deeper topics about meaning and purpose and what brings you joy and, uh, things that, um, that, that are fun to talk about in terms of. What makes your heart come alive? And we try to marry that with deep wealth management topics so that we can help you create the uh, capacity, the freedom to go be and do what you're called to do. And so today, uh, I'm really excited to have another really great guest. I've I've been really fortunate to have uh, a lot of good who's in my life. Um, I call it who luck. Uh, a term I, I stole from uh, Jim Collins in in some of his books, and who luck is, I've just I've got a great network of colleagues that help us serve our clients with excellence in broader wealth management areas, areas that we need help and our clients need help, but we're not the experts. And you know, last month we talked about open enrollment with health insurance and group benefits and employee benefits. It's that time of year. Uh, well, this month we're going to do the same thing but a different type of open enrollment. And so those of you that are uh, over 65 or 65 and older, you know it's now open enrollment season for Medicare. And so I've got an expert today. Uh, My good friend, Chase Carey, who I've known for a long time, has been my resource uh, when it comes to all things Medicare and really individual health insurance for that matter. Uh, because it can be quite confusing. As you well know, you get this very simple, roughly 300 page booklet from the Social Security Administration. Um, and occasionally, uh, it can be confusing. It can use some help. And we're no different. So we rely on Chase. So please make welcome my friend Chase Carey. Chase, welcome to the Money and Meaning Show.
2: Well, thanks Jeff. It's a real pleasure to be here and it's a real pleasure to be in your family so to speak. I've enjoyed our relationship and working with the folks in your office for a number of years now.
1: Yeah, and and again, um it, it it's helpful to have resources and go-to guys and, and and Chase is a go-to in this area. So, as I always do on our show, I love just for our audience to get to know our guest um, a little bit, um, you know, both professionally and personally. So, Chase, if you wouldn't mind, uh, can you just tell our audience a little bit about who you are and your family and where you live and all those kinds sure. of things?
2: Well, I live in uh, Southwest Florida for about nine months now, just about 15 miles from the eye of uh, Ian a few weeks back uh, with my wife, Lisa. She's a full-time underwriter at a, a large health insurance company. You'd recognize the name. And I am primarily uh, a health and life insurance broker specializing in Medicare now that I'm in Florida. I also have a significant group background and um, individuals. I have a daughter who's in her early 30s. She just got married this last uh, summer, which was a great joy for oh, wow. she and her husband. Yeah. They live in Connecticut, north of Hartford, almost to Massachusetts. Her husband is very, very bright. He's got two master's degrees. He's a software engineer for a defense contractor. Okay.
1: Yeah, Kate well, that's may, good.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kate may actually be smarter than him. Uh, very <laughs> high. Uh, she is a um, product manager at what I believe is now a national bank in the country as a consolidation has gone on. Her big love in life is animals and horses in particular. She has an animal, a horse um named chief that i think she spends more time with than her husband uh, <laughs> so far that's so good
1: great great so like you have a great family and i i uh i i know that um you know the transition down to florida has really not affected our relationship at all um it uh, you know we're in a virtual world anyway it seems but you you have clients all over the country i believe in terms of serving yeah. them is that accurate right. statement
2: Correct, primarily in the southeast because insurance okay. licenses work by state.
1: Right. But
2: particularly with the advent of COVID, I remember before COVID, I would do some Zoom, but I was nervous as a you know <laughs> a teenage boy at the prom. But it turns out it's really easy uh, once people get to know me. They prefer, you know, once I've had even before COVID when I had clients once they got to know me and we went through a couple of cycles, they're like, don't bother coming out. Just email me. I know what's the scoop is going on. I know you're the real thing, Yeah, but it does make it easier uh, on a lot of people because it makes their schedule very flexible. And some people do it by phone.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't missed a beat in, in my opinion in that regard. So tell me about your career path. So how did you move into being a broker primarily serving individuals. I know you do group work as well, but how did you find yourself with your own firm and and how did that come about?
2: It's really kind of funny. I was hitchhiking home from a job interview in late 1981. I didn't have a car. (laughs) The job interview was in New Jersey. I was in southeastern Pennsylvania. So I had to walk three miles to the train station, take a train into Philly, take the train to wherever, walk to where, blah, blah, blah. Well, on my way home from my local train station to my house, I'm walking. These back in the days, you could hitchhike. You can't do that today. I was also in what was, at that time, rural America. Um, Guy picks me up. He says, oh, what are you doing? I said, I'm coming back from a job interview. He said, we're hiring like weeds. Really? Two weeks later, I had a job at Prudential paying claims for AARP, Medicare supplement claims. Oh, wow. And from there, I was only intended to be in claims for about a year, although they wanted me to stay longer, but I had an opportunity to go either to underwriting or IT. And the people above me, uh, if I wasn't gonna get selected by underwriting, they were gonna put me in IT. I got into underwriting, um, did that, became a, uh, and that's all Healthline, medical, dental, vision, disability, life, optional life, you know, just anything you could name. Worked with very large corporations, including what we would call national accounts. Um, left there to become a consultant at what's now, I think Watson something or other, I'm not sure exactly what they are today. And did that for four years, learned a lot, particularly from, okay, instead of spewing what comes out of the underwriting manual at the client, Here's how it really affects you and here's what it means. Here's why you wanna do this. Here's why you don't wanna do this. Here's why people choose this thing versus that thing, but it's still whatever works for you works for me. Then I got a job back as an underwriter in uh, a local HMO. Uh, I took that because I had commuted into the city and the city where I was working did not have, uh, and still to this day does not have a good commuter system. And hit uh, headed out of the park there. In three years, I was head of the underwriting department for the self-funded, the larger groups. And then a year later, I believe we were purchased by Aetna. Hmm. I became VP of underwriting in the Southeast. Um, that's how I got down to Metro Atlanta. Uh, after that, we had the, I think it was, was it the IT bubble in 2000? The tech bubble, yeah, something tech like bubble. That. yeah, that's like right. I got laid off there. Uh, consulted for uh, an H&R block company for a couple of years and then went out on my own. Yeah. But funny story about Aetna is um, at Aetna, we purchased Prudential. Okay. So my underwriting shop in Metro Atlanta was the surviving underwriting shop. And I went over to Prudential to tell the underwriters truthfully, because I was never <coughs> very good at lying. There's no way I could run <laughs> CIA. Just couldn't to let them know they were going to have jobs their jobs would be different but there aren't going to be layoffs like there would be in customer service and things and this really pretty girl asked me a question a few years later we got married <laughs> Etna didn't Great. think it was so damn funny
1: <laughs> yeah but you yeah know, there it goes yeah you never you never know so you have a long you have a long career on both uh from the underwriting side understanding how the insurance companies look at risk and 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 the, the consumer and of course, now you represent the consumer uh, yes. and have and, for and, many, many years.
2: And, you know, part of that, believe it or not, the most valuable experience I had was I was a claim examiner. Mm. So most people think the claims, you know, it's easy to figure out whether our claims payable. And in most instances it is. But in some, there's a gray area. And when people get turned down, they don't know that they can appeal. Um, they don't know what the person on the other end is looking for give you a quick example this was non-client but an employee that worked for a client her husband had a very unusual disability and uh could be perfectly healthy one day and the next day or that afternoon or that morning be in excruciating pain Mm. they kept suggesting surgeries i don't know how many things he had cut out of them it was ridiculous Mm. and they denied his disability claim and i read the letter And the letter said, hey, Mr. Insured, there are two ways that you can um, become eligible for disability benefits under the policy. There's A, and that doesn't really apply to you. And there's B, which does apply to you and blah, 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 blah. Well, I'll say that person that wrote the letter was not telling the truth. Hmm. They were correct in that B didn't apply to them at all, but A did. And their own medical doctor, the insurance company, said this person's disability is real. Yeah. Two weeks later, they got a check for $80,000. And then two weeks later, another check for $80,000.
1: Yeah, just just have to know to dig and ask, I guess, and go yeah. further. You, you yeah. have
2: to know. Most people don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, as I mentioned in my um, intro, uh, it is, and I may be using the wrong term, open enrollment season. So uh, tell me what that means. What does open enrollment mean?
2: Well, believe it or not, the government, um, whom I love dearly, changes the definition from one year to the next. At at one point uh, in the fall between uh, October 15th and December 7th, it was called open enrollment. It's now called the annual election period.
1: Okay, so we are in the annual election period. We are. Okay. And
2: this means if you want to be on a Medicare Advantage plan and or a drug plan, For either the first time or you wish wish to switch plans, you can switch plans, no questions asked. Now, every year, most people that are on Medicare and no longer working, not covered by an employer plan, have a Part D drug plan. Um, For no other reason than, sometimes for no other reason than, if you don't get a Part D drug plan when you're first eligible for one and you don't have comparable coverage through an employer, then you pay a penalty, a late enrollment penalty, every month for the rest of your life on whatever drug plan you have. Now it's not a lot, it's about 40 cents a month additional for every year you go without that drug coverage. Yeah. But the formularies, the list of drugs that a company will cover and the co-pays change every year. Many people on their drug plan, they'll stick with whatever the next drug plan is. But some folks need changes because they picked up a new prescription medication or they dropped one and that plan is now more expensive than it's worth or the networks of the pharmacies
1: change. Right. So So this is the
2: time they can make that decision.
1: Yeah, so if you're you're already on Medicare and uh, during the annual election period, you can change your D carrier if you've had a change and need different medications or – Uh, or or so forth?
2: I think you said B carrier. I'm
1: I'm sorry, D. Yeah.
2: D, yes. Your Part D drug plan or your Medicare Advantage plan.
1: Okay. So let's Medicare
2: Advantage plan is an HMO or PPO that replaces traditional Medicare A and B.
1: Okay. So let's just go 101 here for a minute. So I'm a, let's say I'm a 64 year old or 64 and a half year old, and I know I've got some decisions. I've got, and I'm retired and I know there's some, are going to retire. So I know there's some decisions I'm gonna need to make when I turn 65. So what decisions am I going to need to make when I turn 65?
2: Well, the first thing I want uh, your clients to know is that they need to make the decision before they turn age 65. Okay. Right? Um, number one, once you turn age 65, most people in the United States that have 10 quarters or 40 quarters, of Social Security, either through their own work or through a spouse's work, they get Medicare Part A, which is primarily hospitalization insurance, for free. There's no reason when you turn 65 not to enroll in Medicare Part A.
1: Even if you're you're working?
2: Even if you're working.
1: Right.
2: Okay. One exception is if you're on a HSA-eligible plan, which is technically called a high-deductible health plan at work, if you pick up Medicare Part A, you can no longer contribute to your HSA. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, but otherwise, get it. It's no cost to it. It's free. It's if you work with a larger employer, twenty or more employees, a company that's subject to COBRA, the and you have both Medicare and the company plan. The company plan pays first.
1: Okay. So, because so Medicare subject, Part
2: yeah. A is a backup to that.
1: Gotcha. So but it costs you nothing, but there's no cost. There's no premium to you no to premium. be in Part A. So no reason not to. Okay. So at so 65, is, you I'm apply for Part A. So at 65, before 65, you apply for Part A. Yes.
2: Yeah, so within three months or so before you turn 65, you can apply for Part A. It's actually through Social Security. It's www.socialsecurity.gov slash Medicare. Uh, I'm sure all of your clients have Social Security accounts so they can get their annual statements and such right. and do predictions right. or forecasts. Right. Pardon me. It's right. predictions in the woo-hoo <laughs> world and forecasts in the uh, scientific world. Right. That's right. Uh, but in there, you can apply for Medicare. That's how I did it. Now, when you apply for Medicare, you're going to apply for A and B. You have no choice. But if you're still working and you don't want Part B because you don't need it, because it is going to cost you $164.90 a month come January 1. That's actually about $5 less than it costs now. Um, you will call Social Security. They'll send you uh, an additional form to sign saying that, and it may have to go through your employer, saying that you have coverage from the employer and you don't want Part B. So that in the system, they'll go back and retroactively terminate that.
1: Right. So go... Uh, So, so at 65, you apply for part A. If you need coverage, you get part B. If you don't need coverage, because you're with your employer, you can waive part B.
2: Correct. You can delay part
0: B.
1: Delay part B. And then, and then walk through quickly the parts of Medicare, you know, the A, B, C, D.
0: D. What is what does all that
1: mean?
2: The traditional parts of Medicare, which began, I believe, June 1st, 1966, Harry and Bess Truman were the first Medicare beneficiaries. They're called beneficiaries. Yeah. Medicare Part A pays for hospitalizations primarily, and it also pays for skilled nursing facility, which is not nursing home. It's not a replacement for a long-term care plan or life insurance policy with a long-term care benefit rider on it. Skilled nursing facilities is you are so sick you really need to be in a hospital but just not quite, yeah. okay? And that has uh, a $1,600 deductible come 2023, the first day you're in the hospital. Now, for the next 59 days, you don't pay anything. Part B, come 2023, has a $226 deductible. It covers medical services like surgery and doctor visits. And then after the deductible, 226 the plan pays 80%. Unlike insurance plans you have at work or even at home on your own, it never kicks up to 100%. Right. That's why people will choose either a Medicare supplement to fill in those gaps or switch over to a Medicare Advantage plan.
1: Okay. So now, I do B. want to
2: say something, uh, if I may. Sure. If you're covered as an active employee or the dependent of an active employee and you're 65 or older, you don't get penalized for not enrolling in Part B. There is a late enrollment penalty of 10% if you enroll late, and you can't just enroll whatever month you want. There are guidelines around that. Just look at my guide. We'll talk about that later or call right. me. I love
1: questions. Yeah. Yeah. If so, you are so-
2: covered as a COBRA participant, that penalty applies. So being in COBRA, if you're not an active employee or you're a retired employee, and you don't have Medicare Part B, and you go to enrollment later, you will pay a penalty.
1: Yeah. So the danger is COBRA, if you're eligible for Medicare and you don't apply, you take COBRA instead, you're at risk of having a penalty when you do try to come into Medicare. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very important. Uh So A was hospitalization, B was medical services, but with a very small deductible, but you're paying 20 percent forever. Correct. And then C is the Advantage Plans. What What All is right, the Advantage let's, Plans?
2: Let's skip over the Advantage Plans. For okay. Medicaid. We'll go to the Part D drug plan, which you okay. mentioned. Okay. So a few years ago, gosh, it was probably 15 or maybe 20 at this point, not 20, Medicare started covering drugs. They had not before that. So they came out with Medicare Advantage Plans, Or purchase, pardon me, they came out with a prescription drug plan, they're often referred to as P-PETER, D-drug, P-PETER plans. And they can range from $7 or $8 a month to $90 a month, depending on what your drugs are, et cetera. And so people can get those when they first enroll in A or B, or um, when they leave active work and enroll in Part B, and they'll pay for drug costs. Now, okay. you may have heard the phrase donut hole, and it has a complex setup of how payments are made, The donut hole's actually gone away, so you don't think about that anymore. Generally, there's a deductible, and then there's co-pays, and then what used to be the donut hole, you're just paying 25% of the prescription drug, and then there's a catastrophic phase where you pay roughly no more than $5 for a prescription drug, but that's okay. important.
1: now. That's the drug card, Yep. Yeah.
2: And if I'm speaking too fast, slow me down because I know I can do that. You're good. So what's a Medicare Advantage plan? Medicare Advantage plans have not always existed. A Medicare Advantage plan, I should show you, I have my Medicare ID. I guess I should show that over <laughs> the air. Um, it's you know it has Medicare A, Medicare B on it. Well, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn 65 next month. I'm going to turn in, not l- literally turn in, but I'm going to, exchange my Medicare A&B card for a Medicare Advantage plan, which is an HMO or POS or PPO plan, just like I would have at work, right. and it will include drug coverage. Right. Now, the beauty of that is that I'm just making up numbers, and this is one of the reasons why they're they're very popular, they're, and there's a second reason as well. And your clients may recognize uh, a Medicare Advantage plan as a Joe Namath plan. Right. The dynamite guy. Yeah. Nancy William yeah. Shatner's doing some stuff. Yeah. So I guess he's going beyond where no man has gone before. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sharing my age with people. Yeah. But So when I go to the doctor or the hospital, I'll no longer show my Medicare card. I'll show my Aetna, Humana, Anthem, UnitedHealthcare, Healthcare, Sina, right tons of big carriers and more carriers and more carriers coming in and that will be my insurance plan now the plan i'm looking at approximately um it's something like this it it actually wouldn't be legal for me to describe real numbers uh, sure over the video but if i go in the hospital um on my medicare advantage plan i'll pay about 250 dollars a day for the first five days or seven dollars or seven days now if I went in the hospital for two days, then I'd pay two fifty times two, which is five hundred. But on Medicare, I would have paid sixteen hundred, and without having a Medicare supplement, that's the out of pocket. So right. one of the things the Advantage plan does is it takes the big chunks out of Medicare and breaks them down. Gotcha. Now the other thing it does is I think the offices it will be five dollars. So I don't have that $226 deductible, deductible. at 20%. Right, right. Emergency room, which I went to earlier this year, uh, due to COVID, was almost a $3000 bill after the discount. Yeah. And the Medicare Advantage plan, it's going to be about $95.
1: Yeah. So on the on the for the, so the choice between a t- traditional B and the Advantage plan, uh the the Advantage plan, you don't have your own doctors or you don't have the network? Is that the primary difference? Let me
2: explain that. That's a a great question. Yeah. Um, When you go to the Advantage plan, you will still pay your Part B premium. Okay. You'll have Medicare A and B benefits, but paid by an insurance company in a more common form of structure. So you won't have this big deductible going into the hospital. You'll have co-pays for things, et cetera. you always pay the Part B premium. Always the case. You cannot get a Medicare Advantage plan without having Medicare A and B, although you can get a drug plan having just A or just B.
1: Gotcha. But my question was on the network, the doctors you have access to with Advantage.
2: This is a big difference, it's very important. So if you're on Medicare, let's say you have Medicare supplement, you can go to any doctor in the country that accepts Medicare, and most do. I don't know what the percentage is. I don't know if it's 80% or 98%. You always hear these horror stories. They're not true. Because yeah. there are, I think, over 40 million people on Medicare. Yeah. So it's, it's just a funnel. Now, yeah. let's say you have ABC Insurance Company at work and you're on an HMO and it has ABC Company HMO network. Well, you go to the Medicare Advantage version of that company and you have it, an HMO network. It's not the same HMO network. It's generally a lot smaller. Okay, that's yeah. very important to know. That's a very yeah. important point. Right. Um, it'll work the same, but you're not going to have the same number of doctors. And the the doctors you use in the plan, you may not be able to use if you go traveling elsewhere in the country. Right. Now emergency rooms are always covered. Doesn't yeah. matter where you are in the country. Right. An emergency room is considered in network.
1: That's with the advantage plan. Okay. Well, let me ask you a couple of specifics, because these are the kind of questions we get frequently. So yeah. Let me just give you a couple of client examples uh, or or, or examples. So I've got a client, he's retiring, he's over 65, but his spouse is under 65. And his spouse is a dependent on his group insurance. So married couple, he's retiring at 65. He'll apply for Medicare. He'll get a supplement, most likely. Um, What are we going to do about the wife who is covered under his group plan? Sure. At retirement.
2: it's very simple. She'll have two choices. One, she can go on to COBRA, because some people don't realize that even if you're not the employee and the employee doesn't go on COBRA, you're the spouse or a dependent child. Now, most people age 65 aren't going to have dependent children, right. but the spouse has their own right to COBRA.
1: Okay. Separate separate and distinct from the employee. So the employee doesn't have to take it and the dependent can. Correct. COBRA. Okay.
2: Yeah, And that's true in any COBRA situation. Even each child can take it. Now, they they can't make those legal decisions unless they're 18. Right. um, Or an individual plan. Now, the spouse will have what's called um, a special election period. She has a qualifying event, he or she, to allow them to purchase an individual policy. No medical questions. It's essentially just an enrollment.
1: Right. Okay. So... so So, the two choices were Cobra or an individual plan, like on the exchange or an individual policy of some kind. Okay. Let
2: me make another point about the Cobra. Sure. So, let's say you're on Cobra for six months and you just decide you're paying too much money, you want to go on the exchange. So, you terminate your Cobra. That is not a qualifying event. Voluntarily terminating your Cobra or letting it terminate because you're not paying it does not give you a qualifying qualifying event that allows you to purchase individual insurance.
1: In the exchange. Yeah. In
2: the exchange. Or yeah. off the exchange.
1: Okay, anywhere. Okay. So because there's no pre existing conditions anymore. I mean, that's the right. that's the yes. trade-off. So but if she had not elected Cobra day one, that would have been a qualifying event. In other yes. words, if she lost her coverage because her husband retired and did not elect Cobra day one, she could have gone into the exchange day one. Yeah. In that circumstance. But yes. once she was in COBRA, she's essentially got it for 18 months.
2: Yes. Now, there's one exception to that. <laughs> okay. that I Cobra. knew there was going to be. Yeah. And I, I <laughs> try not to give too many exceptions. And that's why I, I, I try to keep things simple. It's it, it's the detail for me to know, not for your clients to know. Right. But I'll share this so your clients know that I do know the detail. <laughs> okay. Is Let's say you go on COBRA right away. Well, you still have 60 or 63 days to enroll in an individual policy because you were 60 days from active coverage.
1: Right. Yeah. So you still have that 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 window. Uh, OK, so the last question around the 65 year old who if they if they leave a current employer and go to another employer that has group insurance and they're over 65, they can still go into the other employer's group plan. Correct. Yes. And, and delay uh, applying for Part B. Correct. Okay. And they won't be penalized if they apply for Part B later when the group coverage goes away, because that'll be a qualifying event. Correct. Okay. So it's 65, they've got two months before they're 65, the three month months, of their 65, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, three months before they're the month of 65 and three months after. That's right. To get this done. What is the time frame? with a qualifying event. So this, this employee, who's working for a company at 68, he it's leaves his group. It's going to be what 60 is, days. 60 days. Yeah. So he needs to apply for social security within 60 days. But don't losing. call me on day 59. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Send them to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you can see, uh, friends, I mean, this is not a simple uh, topic and it, it's really important to have some help uh, if you need, yeah. uh, need some help.
2: Yeah, you know, I'd like to think I'm a brain surgeon, and I'm probably smarter than the average bear. I think you surround yourself <laughs> with people like that. I know your clients you send to me are way smarter than the average bear, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but it's, it's not the way anybody on this uh, podcast would build the health insurance industry. It came out of World War II, I won't yeah. more people with that, but then the IRS got involved and then legislated, you know, so it's fairly simple, but it has way too many rules
1: yeah and yeah
2: I don't want your clients to know the rules to, I just need them to know the big things. and one of the things I do when you send people to me, whether they purchase through me or they decide to stay at work, um, I tell them the truth and I keep them on target i they I will not let somebody make a mistake.
1: yeah, well, the other thing that's really helpful is is your busy executives guide to medicare you mind talking about that for a moment yeah, so you, yeah. you've you got a great document that you put together years ago and i think you update it every year tell me tell me what this is and how i mean so this is a good a summary document right it, it kind yeah. of goes through these rules it takes that it takes that big long document that you get from the government which is still important to read by the way very important but very important. but this summarizes the key points and the key decision points is yes. that a fair statement
2: That's right. It's uh, 14 pages. It's got a space for the contact information for their uh, prime financial advisor, which is Jeff Bernier, of course. Um, But it it does. It it takes Medicare A and B, what the benefits are, when you can enroll, how you can enroll, what the premiums are, the the, um, high income penalty under Part B and Part D. So if you earn more than X dollars a year, two years in arrears. Yeah. then you're going to pay more than the average person.
1: Yeah. This explains so, how
2: drug coverage works.
1: Yeah. And so in the last 20 minutes, we've gone through a lot of ages and numbers and choices you've got to make. And it can be really confusing. So I'm going to just encourage everybody on the call. If they want to learn more, they can get they can get Chase's document that we're going to, we're going to talk about how you can reach him here in a minute. But before I do that, uh, Chase, before we ra- wrap up, one of the things that's always appealed to me about you, and th- th- the reason I enjoy spending time with you when we get together once in a while, is um, we talk about broader things. I mean, you've written a book right. that is really fascinating. Three I know you uh, three books. Uh, yes. You're you're a third degree black belt uh, in I don't know if it's karate or one of the taekwondo. other taekwondo. Uh You, you um, and you just told me in my last call you're going back to school. So I. Again, you're you're my hero. The this mid to late career executive who's transitioning and still doing other things, being productive and creating value for people in the second act of life. So tell me what you got going on that's new. You, you told me a little bit about this before.
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm trying to be you when I grow up, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's a hard act to follow. I'll tell you that
1: much. Yeah, right. right. You know,
2: part part of it is that. Um, shortly after i got divorced i was transferred from pennsylvania down to georgia so my daughter didn't grow up with me and i wasn't mm. one to sit around on the couch and drink beer and watch comedy shows not that i don't do that i <laughs> do like the bigfoot shows you know they never yeah. find bigfoot yeah but you know i love the shows uh, so i got interested in other things and uh back in the uh nine early 90s i had a uh, kind of a big shock in my life. I had a brother that suddenly died. And mm. so I stepped back and said, boy, you know, there's something I don't understand about life um, because I I did everything my parents, teachers, preachers, et cetera, told me to do. And then I had this big negative event and no explanation for it. Mm. Now, that's my responsibility, not anybody else's. Yeah. And next to me were people that didn't do half of what I did. For example, when I got my master's, I went to school at night was paid 90% by uh, Prudential. I went to the best uh, business school in America, believe it or not. I paid, I think, $1,400 and then maybe $2,000 in books. Um, And that wasn't my style. I was also very sick at the time. I found out about meditation, didn't even know that I knew what it was. I went to the Monroe Institute where they use audio technology to put you into deep meditation states very quickly, I mean, within seconds. Doing that, I learned um, alternative healing methods, mm. things like Reiki, uh, something called Jinshin Jutsu, which is not a martial art, kind of like acupuncture, but you just use touch and other things. Um, too much depth to go into at this point. Yeah. And I eventually used those techniques to self-heal. Mm. I kind of knew when I got really, really sick in 19, I think it was 89, there's just something in the back of my mind that said, I'm going to have to figure this out myself. Uh, and every doctor I went to, don't know, don't know. I went to specialists at Penn. I finally found one country doctor and he said, Chase, stress is causing this. I don't know what the stress is. And I don't know how to get rid of the stress. I can treat your symptoms, but that's all I can do. He said, you've got to figure out what the stress is in life and get rid of it. And I eventually did. It was kind of accidental. So as I started to meditate, I found that meditation was not at all what I thought it was. It's so much more expansive, but it doesn't have to be. And along those lines, I learned a very interesting healing technique where I can help people work with their subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I always wanted to get a PhD. I had attempted a couple earlier times in my life, and life got in the way. That may have happened to some people you know. And the reason I picked psychology is I was talking to a psychologist friend of mine just about a year ago, and he had gotten sick, and he had no idea the basis of illness outside of what the medical professionals were teaching him. And I go to medical professionals. Trust me. I don't throw bones around or do anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) But there's something bigger than what uh, Big Pharma is telling us. Yeah. And uh, so I decided, well, I always wanted to get the PhD, so I understood how people look at the world from that point of view. Yeah. And it is very interesting. It is also interesting, a little bit narrow, but I think that narrowness comes around because academic integrity. They want to make sure that the information you put out has been um, well designed, experimented, yeah, gone peer massive peer yeah. review. Yeah, because uh, people can't make life decisions because some guy came up with something he saw on the internet. Right. And then I chose yeah. psychology because I want to share what I've done in my writings uh, with a larger footprint.
1: Cool. So you're so you're in you're you're working on that now. You're working on your PhD in psychology as you're also serving people from from South Florida. So
2: yeah Very, and, and and what I expected to do is help me have a, a larger footprint. My footprint perhaps as big as yours or half as big as. Yours. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I don't know that is that big, but at least you're influencing at least you're helping somebody. So that's the key. You're yeah. helping you're helping somebody. Well, it's been awesome having you on. I really I knew that we would get uh, really good valuable information around health insurance and Medicare and all that. But I know in our in our recent conversations, I was really excited about some of these new things. You're continuing to grow. Uh, and you just said you're 65 years old and you're getting a PhD. So that's that's pretty encouraging to, to the audience uh, in terms of continuing to develop. Uh, so how can we find you? How can people that want to learn more about Chase and your services and, and follow you, how, how can they get really in touch easy. or find out more about you? Uh,
2: just go to Cary Benefits, dot com or Chase Cary at Carey Benefits. And my phone number's there as well. Uh, it's very simple. You can find me if you're interested in meditation and mindfulness. It's ChasingMindfulness.com. Easy to reach. The guide we've spoken about so many times, I yes. think is on the first page, but you can click and download it. You can on the first it to page of, on of your friends.
1: On the first page of your website?
2: Yeah, it's either on the first page of my website or there's a link in the first page of my website okay. right to it.
1: Yeah, it's easy to find. Okay, well, well, terrific. And again, thanks for thanks for being with us, Chase. This has been oh, awesome. Thank you. And thank you, uh, audience, for participating and joining us today. Um, you know, it's always um, fun to hang out and learn some new things. And hopefully you've heard something today that, that would be helpful to you. Uh, delighted to hear some feedback on the show. You can reach me at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com. Uh, as I mentioned in my last show, I've got a new book that just came out called The Money and Meaning Journey, a guide to clarity, financial confidence, and joy. If you'd learn, uh, like to learn more about the book, you can check it out at jeffbernierauthor.com and it's available at most of your favorite online retailers as well. So thanks again, have a
0: great day and uh, we look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at at tandemgrowth.com. Or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.